0: Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. If you love Jesus, say I do. I do. If you don't, I hope you do by the end of the night. Come on now, praise Jesus. Can I get a little boomer? boomer. Who's ready for some relationship series? All right. Who's ready to be in a relationship? Hey Hey my boy Parker up here still single ready to mingle. Come on now. Man. If you know you know. If you know you know. My premise tonight I want to focus on is if you know Jesus, you know your worth. All right. Let's read today in Psalm 139, 13-14. I mean, I saw some big Bibles today, so we got some big knowledge in here. Psalms 139, 13-14. And it says this. For you, this is David talking to God, for you formed my inward parts, and you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Lord, my prayer tonight is for a couple things. First thing, I I just beg for protection over this place. I also beg that we void out all distractions from our world outside of these four walls, that we can just forget about school for a while, forget about conflict for a while, forget about what's going on outside of Uh, this building and to just focus on, man, just learning more about you tonight. Lord, I I beg that students tonight that need uh, maybe to have their heart softened to learn more about you and maybe have their heart just broke open to maybe even experience you in a real way like they never have before. Let them just be able to have that courage uh, and that faith to do so. Lord, lastly, I beg that tonight students can walk away here and know their worth and know who they are, for it's in your name, amen. One summer day, uh, I was probably like 10 or 12 years old, somewhere around there, and I went to my grandparents' house like I did so many times, and they put me to work because that was free labor, right? Right? And uh, they had me mowing their lawn like I had done a thousand times before. And it was probably the fifth time that I mowed it that week because there's not much else to do in Mustang, Oklahoma, right? And so I'm mowing their lawn and they have this zero turn mower and I'm, I'm mowing these perfect lines and um, I'm making it all nice and neat. And I just realized, I was like, man, you know what? I'm tired of mowing. Like, I just want to go like, see what this puppy's really got, right? I want to see what this mower really has. And so I'm going like off-roading with this puppy, right? I'm taking it mudding. Like I'm going in, my, in the front yard. I'm doing 360s. like I'm either going to pass out or throw up. I think I did both. But I was seeing how fast and how fast I could go. And then I realized in their front of their yard that they had a drainage ditch. And my grandpa always told me, you better not go in that drainage ditch with my mower. You'll get stuck. And well, I wanted to prove grandpa wrong, right? So I line that mower up and I try to go at it at an angle to try to hit it just right. And I go and I, I, the grass is up to my up to my hip, by the way. So that, that's a first bad sign, right? Probably me on machinery is probably a bad sign to begin with, but... I go and I hit that puppy as fast as I could go and I'm about through it. I just about get over and I realize that there's a metal bucket underneath that grass that we didn't see. And it got sucked up underneath the tire and it got pushed into the bottom of that mower and it crinkled all like the sheet metal up underneath the mower. And I go, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, right? And I tried everything that I could To push that mower out, I tried to convince people to come and help me that were driving by. No one would stop by. I don't know why. I got a great smile. Right? I tried everything, but I finally had to do the walk of shame and go to my grandpa. Um, My grandpa was was a pastor, a former pastor, and so he didn't curse me out in the worldly form. He just cursed me out in the preacher form. right? And the whole way, I mean, he was chewing up one side of me and down the other, just why are you tearing we're walking by the ruts tonight? Like I'm made. He's like, You just tearing up the yard. You just don't care about the yard. And he's just saying all these things, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, right? And we get there and he's like, Man, look what you did in my mower. It's all dented up, it's stuck, and we finally get it unstuck, but he said something to me that I literally have not thought about in 20 years. It's something that I remembered when I was writing this, when I was writing this sermon, he said, "You didn't take care of this mower because you didn't know the worth of the mower." And we went inside, and he walked in, and he grabbed the receipt of the mower, and it was 14,000 dollars for this lawnmower. And he said, do you want to pay for this mower? I go, no, but I'll give you a big hug, right? (laughs) Like, that'll smooth them over. And I don't know, I didn't get a Christmas present that year, I don't think. But Students, how true is it for our own lives? How many of us run this life aimlessly in this world because we don't know our worth? We don't know how precious and loved we are. We don't feel it, we don't see it, we don't live it day in and day out, not feeling valued in our life. I can honestly say, if we don't know what we are worth, I promise you, you will do this life wrong. You will not live this life to its fullest Potential. I think that this is one of the devil's goals in our, our life, is for us to never comprehend our worth and our value. And when that happens, we will never, I promise you, ever experience the freedom and the joy that we can have if we knew our worth. And that is my prayer for tonight. That is my prayer and my hope that all of us can walk away with and understand through the sermon how we can know our worth and then, guess what I'm gonna do? From about a thousand miles up, I'm gonna talk about relationships. You're welcome. I dropped it in there, okay? But I'm gonna, from about a thousand miles away, I wanna hit relationships. And then over the next couple weeks, we're gonna dive even more and more and more and just dissect relationships. So here we go. Where do you get your worth from? And when I say worth, I mean, where do you get your value from? Like, I want you to be honest with yourself. I want you to look into your life. I want you to look over the past three months. Is like, do I have value in myself? Dr. Joe Rubino estimated in about a 20-year-long research that 85% of Americans have low self-worth. Those of you who feel alone And you feel like you're the only one that feels that way. And you see everybody who has all these friends, I'm telling you, you're not alone. 85% of you, by statistics, say that you feel less value in yourself. And those of you who today, let's be honest, you put on a face to try to cover up how low you feel about yourself, I'm telling you, the longer you put that mask on, the harder it's going to be in your life, and you will never live life to its fullest potential. Students, you show me where you get your value, and I will show you how much worth you have placed in your life. And this is a hard thing for me to say, and I think it's gonna be a hard thing for some of us to hear, but most of us in here, we have leveled ourselves way down here. And we don't think much of ourselves. And we have such a depleted worth bank and it sets us up to be defeated by this world. And this is how you can judge if your value is too low on yourself. Your value is too low if someone or something can take it away from you. Your value on yourself, where you get your worth, is too low when someone or something can take it away from you. Let me just talk about this, all right? Some of you, your value's in your looks, right? Come on, Instagram likes, right? Not all of us can be like me and get 5,000 likes on the beach, right? Let's be honest, no one wants to see this body. I'm dad bod 1,000. I wear a t-shirt still, okay? Like, that's what I do on the beach. Some of us, but for reals, we get it in our looks. But one stumble down some stairs could change your values, right? Some of you, if you slipped and you hit your face and you had a scar on your face, it would change your values. And fellas, listen, when I was in college, I'd get my hair cut about every two weeks. And every other week when I got my hair cut, they would thin my hair because of how thick my hair was. But About 25 years old, guess what started happening? I started getting this little thin spot right back here, and I started looking like a monkey butt back here, all right? And my hair started falling out, and I got bald. It's going to happen to some of you, okay? But if your value is all in your looks, listen, age will always defeat looks it will always take it away from you. Is that where you get your worth? It's from your looks. It can be taken away in an instant. What about your achievements? What about your grades, right? Some of you, who cares about their grades? Like that's their number one thing. Come on now. All right, you were never like me, okay? But with your grades, that can only take... One class that doesn't fit your brain. One class that doesn't fit your MO. And if you're like me, it was foreign languages. Anybody with me? Come on now. Like Spanish, I still don't know it. French, I'm like, all I said was je ne sais pas, which means I don't know. Every time she asked me a question, like I don't know it. Because my mind just, I can barely comprehend English amongst like other languages. It was hard enough for me. But you base your value on achievements and you're looking forward to your future job. But what if the stock market crashes again? What if something like COVID happens again and jobs shut down and there are no jobs to even have and you can't work your way up the corporate ladder, you can't make that much money. See, your value can be taken away in a heartbeat. What about athletic ability? I mean like real athletic ability, not like the guys that are like, well, I could have gone D1, but I chose grains, right? Like, come on, bro. You could have been on the practice squad of a D3 school. All right, like, let's just be honest. You can bench 123 pounds at best, all right? But seriously, real athletic ability That can be taken away with one injury. It can even be taken away from a coach that doesn't like you and won't play you. It can be taken away like that. And last but not least, what if your identity is in relationships with a girlfriend or a boyfriend? How many people have their life ripped out from underneath them with a breakup? How many have been crushed because of a breakup. Students, you show me where you get your value, and I will show you how much you think you are worth. See, David is writing the Psalms here in the passage in chapter 139, and he has gone through some crazy days in his life. He's gone through some bold days when he is, he's been used by God to defeat Goliath. He's had some hard days when when his enemies are coming at him and he feels swarmed and he doesn't know what to do. He's had some lonely days when, when everybody was walking away from him and not trusting him. And then he had some very sinful days. Like, I'm not just saying... Little sinful days. I'm talking like sinful, sinful days. Like sleeping with another man's wife, but that wasn't the end of of it. He ended up getting that man and he told his commanding officer, hey, put this guy in the front lines and when the enemies come, I want you to step back and I want you to make sure that that guy gets killed. He doesn't only commit adultery, but it's also murder. Like when it comes to sin level, like David was worthless. He was a worthless human being and this was a man that was named after God's own heart. But after many waking nights of pain and many nights and days of humbleness and after nights of fear and heartache and loneliness, David realizes something and he writes it in chapter 139 because he realizes all that he has done all the possessions that he owns, the looks that he has, the talents that he has, the sins that he has committed, the armies and the giants that he has defeated, they should, have never, they should never be the place where he finds his value. Why? Well, he says it in verse 139, verse 7, when he says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I made my bed in Sheol, you are there. If, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Where does he get his value from? from the God who has never left him or forsaken him through his whole life. No matter where he goes, all the way from heaven to hell, God has never left him. No matter what he has done, God has always turned his darkness into light because David realized something. God's love is more than, God loves him more than David loved himself and God loves him more than David ever hated himself. No matter where David takes himself, God's love has always been there. Do I have any art fans in here? Anybody love art? Okay, awesome. (laughs) I was looking at some classic art. I don't know why, guys, like, I was trying to fancy up my office and try to be sophisticated the other day. I was like, I just want to look at some art. And I, I, I don't know, I just did some research and I, I couldn't understand something. I hope that y'all can help me, help me understand this. I want, I want to take you on a little journey. Can y'all look at the screen real quick and look at these paintings. Beautiful, right? So magnificent. I mean, you see the artistry, I mean, man, I could just look at that for hours, right? I love them. Like, it's crazy. I look at these paintings. I'm like, cool, some really old paintings, and it looks like a high schooler drew them. Right? Am I right? Come on. Like, is that judgmental? Like, anyone with me on that? Like, I looked at each of these paintings, I'm like, Huh. Do you know what the value of these paintings are? Some of these paintings were selling for over $100 million. Some of these paintings were close to $200 million. I'm like, Caroline, get me a canvas. Man, if they sell these for hundred million, I can at least get $5,000 for something I can throw on there, Right? Everyone's like, new project tomorrow. I'm going to start painting, right? This is what's unique about these paintings, though, is their worth is not found in what the picture looks like. Their worth is found in the painter who painted them. They are worth more because of the painter's name who created it. If you ever knew the painter If you never knew the painter, you would never know the worth of the painting. And students, some of us don't know our worth because we don't know who painted us and who created us. And if our worth is found in our creator, then there is no price tag that we could have on us. We are worth more than anything in this world because of our painter and his name is God. He is our creator and if and if paintings are only valued by their painter, so should we. Our, ours just happens to be the creator and the sustainer of the universe, not only now, but forevermore. He holds galaxies in his hand. And it says here that the same God who holds the galaxies, the same God who has been the God since the beginning, who created everything, that God fearfully and wonderfully made each of you. That God who knitted and formed our inward parts in our mother's womb. The literal word in Hebrew for fearfully, it means this, that with great reverence, with much respect, with heartfelt interest. In the Hebrew word for wonderfully, it means unique and set apart. That means that God took time with much passion and much interest to create you to be something amazing and unique and set apart. The things that maybe you don't even like about yourself, maybe that's the very thing that God took time to make you unique and special and to be able to connect with others. Worth is found in him. How freeing is that? Like David found joy in that because a while he didn't find his worth in the God who created him. He was actually feeling his worth. If you read in Psalm, you can, fear, you, can, you can just feel how he was not feeling very valued in himself because of something that he's done. I know without a shadow of a doubt, because I've walked with thousands of college students for the last 10, 15 years, I know without a shadow of a doubt, there are some people in this room that you have identified your worth by some mistake that you have made in your past. By something that we have done. And when you go look at that soul exposer, the mirror, right? When you go really look at that soul exposer and you look at yourself in the eye, you think back to that thing that you had done and you hate yourself for it. And David's like, hey, no, 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 no. Like, you're, you aren't defined by what you have done because you didn't make you. You're only defined by the creator that created you. He gives you your worth, not because of any good things that you have done and not because of any bad things that you've done. You are worthy because he is worthy. Who needs to hear that tonight? Who needs to... Let go of their past and go fall into the Creator's hands and let Him define who you are. You aren't defined by your past, but you are counted worthy. Students, some of us, we don't know our worth because we don't know who painted us and created us. We are worth more than anything in this world because God fearfully and wonderfully made us. Each one of us was created and we were God's canvas. Now, we were born and and you were born for a reason no matter what your mama tells you right no matter if you were a blessing child all right like your mama your mama and daddy might say that but you're born for a reason but this is what's happened with the canvas of our life is that we started painting on it ourselves and we started doing things our way and we started living for ourselves and we started focusing on ourselves, and we're drawing what this canvas looks like and we're starting with all of these designs and we started doing the things that we wanted to do but this is what happens in college I call it the shake and bake years for the for this reason because about now you start realizing that college it ends a lot quicker than you think it does can I get an amen seniors college goes by a lot quicker than you think it does. And about this time of your life is when you start stepping back and you start saying, man, I'm about to have to start adulting soon, right? And then you take a step back and you look at the canvas of your life that you have been painting on for the last 15 years. And you start realizing, man, I don't I don't like what that looks like. I don't like the designs that I've painted. I don't like some of the decisions that I have Made. I don't like the life picture that has been drawn on this canvas. And in all honesty, a lot of you are ashamed of it and you're embarrassed by it. But listen, God didn't only make He didn't only make us, but He also gave us a gift. A gift to wipe that canvas clean. And that gift is His Son Jesus. And when He trusts you, when you trust Him and you trust that He was sent to forgive you of your sins from everything that you have ever done, he will wipe that canvas clean. That is when your broken and your ugly canvas and the things that you've been embarrassed about and the things that you don't like what you've done on that, that's when it becomes brand new. And the God of the universe can start painting on your life a masterpiece for you. And listen, when the painter starts working in your life, and you start leaning on him during the hard times. And you start laughing with him during the good, good times. And when the whole world is hitting you in the face, and when, when struggles come, God is painting, and God is doing a masterpiece. And guess what he is painting on your life when, when everybody looks at you is they will see his son, Jesus. Because he is painting a life canvas that looks like Jesus. You know the worth of your life when your life looks like Jesus. You don't get your worth from your looks. You don't get your worth from your accomplishments. You don't get your worth from your abilities or your relationships. God gives you your worth. And guess what? Not even you can take it away. Well, Brent, I thought that this was supposed to be a dating series, right? Yes. If you don't know Jesus, then you don't know your worth. And I can just say this from years past. is If you don't know your worth, then it's a very dangerous place to be. I have been in college ministry for some time now, and I can tell you a good indicator for college students is to, to evaluate your worth. And this is it. by who you date or who you want to date. You want to see your worth... Look at who you are dating or look at who you want to date. I'm not going to call you out. I'm going to call you up tonight. Is that okay? Can I get amen on that? You show me who you want to date and I can show you how much worth you have placed on your life. Because if you know Jesus, you know your worth. And if you know your worth, you know who you need to date. You, need, you know why you need to date and you know when you need to date. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in the series. But I love what David says. Just a couple chapters away from where we were. I love what he says in in chapter 143, verse 10. He says, this is him laying on his face. This is him finally getting to a place where he can say this. He says, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. How many of us have been facing an uphill battle for the last two years, and we are tired, and we are worn out, and we just want to be on level ground? Is that the prayer, this prayer that David is laying here, is that the prayer that you've been praying in your life daily? Like, Lord, I just want you to teach me your will. I want your spirit to come over my life. I want you to lead me, guide me, direct me, let me be your servant. Lord, you send me and I will go, right? Is Is that the prayer that we are praying over our lives? Sadly, sadly, I don't think that some of us are. And if I can be honest with you, I know what goes through the college mind. It's you think about how many people think about relationships all the time. Be like, don't be shy. Like, raise your hand. You think about a relationship. Oh, we got a lot of half-handers. All right. I think there are reasons why some of us don't pray this prayer, and it's this. I think the first reason some of us don't pray this prayer is because we get sidetracked into thinking that we need, uh, Lord I just first need a girlfriend or I need a boyfriend in order to be the place where you need me to be God. Like how do I know this? Because if you can ask yourself an honest question, how many of you feel less than because you're not in a relationship? How many of you feel less than because your friends all have girlfriends or boyfriends but you don't have a girlfriend or boyfriend. You feel less than because you don't have a relationship. And your value is down here. When your value is down here, it's a dangerous place to be and I call it sidetracked. Now has anyone been driving on the highway and you are seeing some traffic coming up and you pull up your phone and you see for the next two next three miles it's like solid red like backed up traffic and what do most of us do right you search well is there another way right and so you're like you know what if I go I can see this and if I can go past this cow pasture and maybe jump over this bridge and if I go around here if I go four miles out of town and then I come back around then I'm going to miss that traffic right Like, you're excited about it, you're going, and then you start realizing, like, man, this has been like 23 minutes, right, to get around this traffic. And you start realizing something when you get back to the main road. You get back on the main road and you see the semi that you passed two hours before the traffic, and you realize that the semi actually made it through the traffic before you did. If you just would have been patient, you wouldn't have dinged up your car, you wouldn't have wasted gas, you would have chased by the bulls, you wouldn't have done all these things. You would have seen that you didn't have to go through all of that in order to get to a place where you needed to be If the, if the maps guided you there. See, maybe God's roadmap for your life right now has you in a traffic stop. Maybe you see that your life is kind of slowing down. Maybe you're stuck in a part of your life and you're like, yeah, I've been in the traffic for a while. I've been single for a while. I mean, I put the sing in single, all right? Like, I'm single and I've been single for a while and like, I'm at this stopping point in my life and I don't know what to do. Maybe God is, is asking you to trust in him to wait on him, to get you to the destination that he wants you to go. And you don't need to go this way, and you don't need to go searching for people this way, and you don't need to always be thinking about a girlfriend or a boyfriend and trying to put them, like, I need this person in order to be this person, God. I need this to find value in my life, because God is saying don't get sidetracked on the fact that you are already worth more than you could ever imagine, and you don't need a person to be happy. You have me. And maybe God is just trying to slow your life down in order to find Him. And we're not doing that. Maybe your singleness is a time for you to trust God's ways over your ways. Listen, in your singleness, God wants you to teach you that your that worth isn't in anyone or anything, but it's in Him. But there's another, another reason why I think some of us don't pray this prayer. We don't fall on our face and say, Teach me your will of God and, and teach me how to be the person I need to be. Because some of us in here, if we are honest, we are in relationships with someone that we know that we're not supposed to be in. Anyone ever been in one of those relationships? Come on, right? I think I've been, I think about eight times I have, right? And then I found, Caroline, (laughs) you're in a relationship that you shouldn't be in, and every time that you try to lay on your face, and you try to say, Lord, teach me your will, and let your spirit come over me and guide me, every time that that happens, God always says, we'll break up with this person. And every time you go to God, he does actually teach you his will And he says, I've been teaching your will, and every time I'm saying, you need to not be with this person anymore. Students, I don't know everything, but I do know this. If you know your worth in Christ, you will not be able to settle for someone whose worth is in some other God or some other thing in this world. Because where you find your worth and where they find their worth, are going to be totally, two totally different things, two totally different gods. And let me tell you what happens is one of those gods is going to be muted in that relationship. And you know what I've seen 99 out of 100 times? If you, are, if, if you think that you need this person to be in your life and to start a relationship, 99 out of 100 times, their God always conquers your God. And they will always silence your God. And if he, is, if he or she is listening to the world, that is what they are going to listen to. They are trying to live that way. And listen, you tell me which one in the last two months, which one of your gods has been muted? Which God have you been living for? Have you been living for their God or have you been living for your God? Is it the God that says that you are worthy? You are my child. I have great plans for you. I have high hopes for you. I have an eternity built for you. Or is it someone else's God? See, if you're living for someone else's God, you're going to be doing things that are not done in the Bible. Students, listen, know your worth. And I beg you, I don't know if I've ever said break up with someone, but I'm telling you to break up with someone whose worth isn't in Christ. And listen, I don't want you to just break up with them and forget them. I want you to actually break up with them and give them a reason. Like, listen, I'm a child of God and I want to live for Him And I want to have a life that is worthy of of his calling. And listen, I want you to have that too. And I want you to know about Jesus. And listen, I'm doing this because it's the best thing for both of us. And I want you to know Jesus and grow with Jesus. And I want to live and grow in Jesus. And listen, I love you, brother, or I love you, sister. Know Jesus. And then I want you to do what Maverick City sang a song about. I want you to wait on the Lord, right? because you have tasted his goodness and you have trusted in his promise. And let me tell you what happens if you decide to make that hard decision. If you've ever had to break up with someone, even though you loved them because you knew that God was telling you to do so, when you do this, You will take that person off the throne of your heart and you replace it with God back on his throne in your heart and you will say, God, listen, I want your will in my life and I want your plan in my life. Let your spirit come into my life and and lead me and guide me and listen. He will do things better than you could ever imagine. He will free you to be the person that you have always wanted to be but you never knew how to do it. Give God a chance in your life. The second thing that will happen, it allow you to trust God to bring you the person that you need in your life. Are we trusting God to bring us the person that we need in our life? The person that is passionately pursuing Jesus intimately and deeply, and that, that Jesus is forming and creating for you right now. And you not—you don't have to pull them up and they don't have to pull you up, but you'll work off of one another and you become more like Christ. But you can only get to that place where God can use you if you know your worth in Him and not anything and not someone can take that away from you. So tonight, this is my hope. My hope is that many of you the 85% of you according to Dr. Rubino I think we I think we tonight say listen I'm not defined by my past I'm not defined by my failures I'm not defined by this world I'm not defined by my looks my lack of ability my lack of athletic ability or my great athletic ability I am worth worthy because God is worthy and he made me And you know what? I trust in his son and he's wiped my slate clean and listen, he's going to do a mighty thing and I want to start that tonight. No matter what you've done, I want you to start that tonight. And remember that the painting is only as priceless because of the painter. Know that you are made by God. Know that you're priceless students but also... Prove that you're priceless. by when someone looks at you, they can see Jesus from what you do to what you say, even how you act, even down to who you date. And people see Jesus and they don't see someone else. Listen, if you know Jesus, you know your worth. Students, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for tonight and I thank you for a word of us finding our worth in you and not finding our worth in anything else. Lord, let us not take that for granted that you are the God of the universe that has created this and sustains this. And Lord, let us find our worth in use. Some of us in here right now, we need to change some things up in our life and we know that we have some relationship problems. A, because we're... we're we're sidetracked. We're not growing in our relationship with you because we feel like we need, we have, to have a, we have to have a boyfriend or we have to have a girlfriend in order to be the person that you want us to be. That will fulfill us enough in order for that. Lord, let us just wipe that away and let us just wait patiently on you. Let us just have hope in you. Let us find fulfillment in you tonight. And Lord, for some of us in here, we are in a relationship that we know that we shouldn't be in. And yeah, they might be a good person, but they're not good for us. And Lord, let us take that bold stand tonight and say, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to choose you over choosing anybody else because I want to fall on my face and be like David did. After everything that he has accomplished in this world, he is still seeking your will and your guidance. Lord, I want that for us tonight. Let us seek your will and your guidance in our life.